Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles and number to the book of Numbers. Somebody say Numbers, 13th chapter. And I want you to hold that place, and then we're going to go to Joshua first chapter. We're going to start in Numbers real quick. For the sake of time, we're going to go ahead and read. And it says, at the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. This is when Moses said, we know where Canaan is, and I want to send some spies so that we can do some, some, recon, uh, some reconnaissance work to see what we're facing. Um, uh, Moses was a man of wisdom, and he sent some spies out. Uh, to spy the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and all the congregation showed them the fruit of the land. Somebody say the fruit of the land. So what God had promised them, they brought back those big old, big old grapes and big old grapefruit. And they said the land that God promised us, it exists and this is proof of it. Somebody say proof of it. And then they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Somebody say, it does flow with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Look at this. But however, somebody say, however, the people that dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak which were giant people, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the Jordan. But Caleb, everybody needs a Caleb in their life. Somebody say, but Caleb. See, people started saying, oh, God, oh God, God, he promises, but God didn't tell us about all the foes and all the enemies that were going to be surrounding the promise. And see, God will show you a glimpse of the ending, but God is so wise that if he showed us everything along the way, we would turn around. So he waited till they got there right to the edge of the promise, and then they saw what was guarding the promise. Can I tell you that every promise, every promise God has given you, there is a giant attached to it. That the devil's not going to bow down and just say, come on in. We've been waiting for you. Tell somebody, there's a giant attached. Every place of milk and honey that God has assigned to your life, you can bet your bottom dollar that there is a giant and an enemy attached to it. And their job is to oppose you and to make God's word over your life of none effect. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses said, look, we know that they, we, all that stuff they said is true alone with the great big amount of fruit. He said, but let us go up at once and possess it. 
for we are well able. Touch somebody, touch somebody beside and say, you're well able to overcome it. See, you've been praying for God to take away the enemy. You've been, you've been praying for God to, to Lord, just kill him or, or move him out of this department. No, God is saying, like, like Caleb said, it may be true that they exist, but we are well able to overcome it. See, you've been praying for God to remove them. God said, I want you to overcome them. You've been, God, move the opposition. God, be a bulldozer and be a plow and just let me go over on smooth land. Say, no, 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 because I wouldn't get my full glory in that. I'm going to sit you in the bowels of hell, surrounded by people that don't love you, that don't love me, that are plotting against you, and you're still going to thrive. And what other people shrivel up in, because I've made you not only an overcomer, but I've made you more than an overcomer. Turn with me to Joshua, the first chapter. I'm going to let you sit down the next couple of minutes. Now, Joshua, the first chapter, verses 1 through 5. And now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Somebody say, it's dead. Those old ways, those old ways of thinking, the old ways that, that you saw God, the, the old ways that you used to hear God and process, tell somebody it's dead. God said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And, 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 and you, can't, you can't carry this new wine in old wine skins. You can't, you can't do the new thing that I called you to do with old methodologies. I'm not saying doing something new and strange, but God said, if you have your mind closed that I, I can only move this way through this people, and they got to have a backwards collar on, and they got to come saying, thus saith the Lord, you're going to miss what I'm doing in the last day. He said, Moses, my servant, his ways, his ways of thinking, his ways of doing things, his way of processing, his way of following me is dead. That's an announcement that God made. That in this new season, you're going to have to get to know me all over again. You think you know me. You think you got me figured out. You think you know how I'm going to work it out because last time you did it like this. And God, don't go changing on me, God, because that makes me uncomfortable when I got to find you in a new place. But God said that old season of how you knew me is dead. That means that means that I, I, I press reset and you got to learn me all over again. I've told you before in the past, that same young lady that's right there on the front row, she's a different person when I first met her when she's 18 and then now she's 42. She's a new person that I got to learn all over again. And if we know that when we are about people, God is a God. He is a God that changes not, but God uses different methods and different strategies. And he will come through methods that we are not thinking about because we think we got God figured out. And let me tell you something. His ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. We are never going to figure out the mind and the strategy of God. His word does not change, but his methods and his strategies do. That's worth the trip all the way over here, y'all. He says, Moses, my servant, they said, now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and this people, unto a land which I will give them and even to the children of Israel. And look at this. Look, he, 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 gave, he gave him a commandment, but every commandment comes with a promise. And every place that your sole of your feet shall tread upon, I have already given it unto you. Think about this, y'all. Every place that you will step, I already have given you.
behind my back. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. Amen. I'm moving so much. I'm glad came out. Now, look at this. Everywhere you shall go, I've already given it to you. Then we've got to intertwine it with the scripture of the steps of a good man and the good woman are ordered by the Lord. So everywhere he's ordered you to go, he's already given it to you in the spirit. You got to walk there to bring it from the spirit into the natural realm. So let's talk, so that's when we can't complain about where God guides us even if it's not comfortable, it's where he ordered you. And it just it just mean it just may mean that your that your promised land, your place of milk and honey may be behind some enemy walls. It may be in the den of lions and bears and and and, and, and all kind of snakes, but nevertheless, if God leads you there, somebody say, if God leads you there, he's already given it to you. And it says, and it says, he says, from the wilderness of the Lebanon, even to the great river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, it shall be your coast. Be your coast. There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor will I forsake thee. Now let's go down to ten. Then, then Joshua absorbed this stuff and. Then he came to the people of God. He said, Then Joshua came to the officers of, of the people, saying, Pass through the host, command the people, saying, Prepare the victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in, look at this, y'all, to possess the land which the Lord God has already given you. On the count of three, I want everybody to say, Seize it. One, two, three. Seize it. I want you to understand that it is something that is already yours. You just got to show up to claim it. I want you to understand. We understand that principle when, 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 the, when the UPS man leaves a little pink, little, you know the little pink slip, and, 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 you, and it's got your name, and you got to show your ID. You don't walk up there with no timidity. Oh, my name is. It may be a chance that you may have a package. We know we walk in there with our head held high. We, we prove who we are, which, which gives us the legal right to claim what has been left for us. And if we understand that about the UPS man, and if we understand that about the FedEx man, and if we understand that about an about Amazon package, you have to know that there are promises, precious, the word of God said is exceeding precious promises that have been laid up and assigned to your name but it will rust and it will rot on the storehouse of heaven if you don't step up and seize it Time, time is out, people of God, for us believing in the fairy tale of the great by and by. The word of God said in the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, meaning there should be some parallel existence that, 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 that you on earth should be a mirror of what you're going to look like in heaven. So everything, so, so that, that, there is no sick bodies in heaven, there is no broke, busted, and disgusted attitudes in heaven, and so if you are living beneath your, your final picture, there is something that you have to seize. Everybody take your seat, but on your way down, say season. Got nine minutes, I want to share this with you. This is a year of seizure. Somebody say, this is a year of seizure. There are going to be opportunities, the Lord was telling me, that are going to present themselves that if we are ready, 
if we are tuned to his spirit and if we have done everything to show that we are ready to handle the next level and we have the boldness God said I'm not going to deliver it to you you're going to have to step out and prove who you are show your credentials that I am bought by the blood of Jesus I'm a child of God and this belongs to me and I will have that and I will have it now somebody say I'm going to seize it but the thing about it, people of God, there's an old saying, I don't know who said it, but it is so true. Opportunities of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. I'm going to say that again. Opportunities of a lifetime, they must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. Meaning that there is a finite, there is a measured window of which God desires to move. And I believe that 2020 not only is a year of crystal clear vision, but it is crystal clear promises that we are going to know what's ours. And when we know it's ours, it's going to resonate with the DNA of your spirit. And you're going to know that's for me and I'm going for it. I don't care who likes it. I don't care who doesn't like it. It has that's my name on it, and I'm going to claim it. Somebody say season. A couple of definitions of season is to take possession of, to confiscate. Anybody ever seen when somebody has something on, they shouldn't have some contraband on them, and the police confiscates it? They confiscate it because they have the authority that has been, they have been deputized by the state and they have the authority to take from you. Now anybody else come from you off the street that don't, that, that is not authorized by the government, we call that thief, we call that stealing, we call that being thievery. But if somebody is authorized, they can confiscate it from you with, with just cause. And can I tell you, you've been authorized by the kingdom of God to confiscate what is yours? What am I saying? In order to confiscate, it's got to be in the hands of somebody else. The enemy has been holding your stuff. The enemy has been holding your promises. The enemy has been holding your peace. But if I am telling you that you are authorized by the kingdom of God, you are deputized to go and confiscate what belongs to you. I didn't say nobody else's husband. I didn't say nobody else's car. What I am saying is what the devil has stolen from you. And how many of you know some things that the devil has stolen from you? The very thing that the devil has stolen, God is saying the devil is violating biblical principle. And you therefore are deputized and have the right and you have the, the privilege by have the backing of the kingdom of God to go and take back what's yours. Somebody say seize it. Another one is to arrest. It's called seizure. When you see something, you, 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 you put it on lockdown. How many of you feel like the devil's been running roughshod in your life? Roughshod in your finances? Roughshod in your relationships and in your children? Well, God said you have the authority under the kingdom of God. You have a mandate to seize. See, it's, see, seizure is not just about getting stuff. It's stopping the devil from doing what he has no right to do in your life. Somebody say seize it. Then another description is to afflict, meaning to overwhelm. 
That, that, that's when, when, when somebody has been seized by cancer or they've been seized by, by, by some kind of disease. It has literally overwhelmed them to where they cannot function. Uh, God is saying, telling, it, it not only uh, are we supposed to take, take uh, options and take, uh, take possessions, but we are supposed to take territory. We're supposed to claim territory for God. So instead of saying, God, would you get me out of this hellhole of this job? God said, why don't you take it over? Why don't you take it over? Why don't you make a stand for the kingdom of God and take over the territory? Because remember, I told you, any place that your feet shall try, I have already given to you. It, your possession already exists, but until you step in the natural realm and claim it, it will remain in the hands of people who it does not rightfully belong to. Somebody say, seize it. I'm going to seize it. I'm going to seize it. And so I'm going to talk about five things real quickly before this year comes in. And I want you to understand. I want you to be writing these things down. And these are the things that we're going to start immediately doing. God said, this is not just some year that we're going to say some prophetic decree and we're going to get excited and, 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 and we're waiting for God to come on the cloud and it's just going to happen. God said, you're going to have to put some back work into this. But, if, but I'm telling you, it's work, it's work worth doing because it's going to produce the thing that you've been waiting for all of your life. Somebody say the first thing. The first thing it's going to take commitment. Somebody say commitment. Commitment is I'm doing it when it is expedient. I'm doing it when it's comfortable. I'm doing it when it's not comfortable. I'm doing it in season and I'm doing it out of season. I'm doing it when I'm being laughed at and scorned. I'm doing it when I'm being applauded and celebrated. Somebody say I will stay committed to it. How many of y'all got some things that you know that God showed you in your life? It's going to take some commitment to it. And there are five things that we need to be committed to. The first thing is we have to be committed to prayer. I know that's a curse word to some people. Somebody say prayer. Nothing is released from heaven except it is first asked for in the earth realm. And so many times, uh, uh, if, if, we, if we had a singing here tonight and we had some famous artists, the place would be overflowing. But let us call a prayer meeting and we'll have about 10 people here. Because people don't value prayer until they get in trouble. And the word of God said men should always pray. We should always be in communication with God because that is the way that the thing that I put in your heart is going to come out of your heart and come out in your life. Somebody say prayer. I've got a saying here. Don't tell me you have a divine destiny and don't have a prayer life to match. Don't tell me. You know, God has called me, okay? What the higher God calls you, that, 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 that means consequently, that's the, that's, you're supposed to be equally deep in prayer. You understand? That's, that's, that's how they build skyscrapers. They go down and they get bedrock first. And the deeper you can go, that means the higher you can go. How deep are you going in prayer? Come on, come on. I know you're great. I know you got a calling on your life. I know you're going to speak to thousands. I don't even doubt that God spoke to that. But does your prayer life match the altitude that God tell you he's going to raise you to? Somebody say prayer. The next thing is preparation. After we pray, we can't stop at the place of pray, uh, prayer. There, there is something that we have to do in our lives. We have to prepare for what God is, 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 is calling us to. I have a saying here that preparation is the highest form of expectancy. 
I'm going to say that again. Preparation is the highest form of expectancy. Me, uh, me and my wife, we had three children together. And when she was expecting, she walked like it. She talked like it. Her appetite uh, uh, indicated that she was pregnant. She, uh, right before she had the children, she couldn't sleep too good because she was expecting. We were painting the room and we were picking out colors for kids and, and we were getting onesies and we were having baby showers and, and we were getting all kind of things because we were expecting something. How many of us are walking around and we don't look like we expect what God has put in our hearts? If you expect it, you prepare for it. If you know that you got a guest coming, you're going to make sure everything is dusted. You're going to make sure all the china is out. Tell somebody, I'm expecting something. And, and, and God said, after you get off your knees in prayer, that's just the first step. I may give you some directions, but I need you to prepare. Somebody say prepare. And once God gives it to us, that once God gives us the opportunity, the next step is execution. Somebody say execution. And then my question is this. Why believe for it if you won't act on it? Why believe God for something that you ain't going to act for when the lights come on, when the moment it gets here, you scared and you stuttering and you scratching your head? God said, why, 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 why ask for it? Why pray for it? Why believe for it if you're not going to act on it? And God said, the, the, in this year of seizure, you're going to have to go up. And, and God said, I could give it to you, but I'm not. You're going to have to play your part. Like he told Joshua, I am going to give you, I, you're going to possess the land that I've already given it to you. Meaning, I've already given it to you, but you got to walk through the steps to possess it. This is not a year of laziness. This is a year of getting up and having faith with corresponding work. Somebody say corresponding work. See, you could be doing any kind of work, but you need to have the corresponding connected and related work that is tied to the specific faith, to, to the specific faith for the specific thing that we are trusting God for. Amen? Somebody say execution. And after God does it, somebody say after God does it, everybody stand to your feet. Any, anybody believe that God's going to do it on this year? After God does it. It's not a matter of if. I want y'all to hear me. Happy New Year already, okay? I'm wrapping up. It's not a, I want you to hear me prophetically. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. When God does it, you're going to have to manage it. So the last step is stewardship. Somebody say stewardship. Stewardship is an old English word which used to be, is a person that used to be a manager over a lord in the English kingdom. He used to be a manager over his affairs. He was kind of a fiduciary. He was kind of like a CPA or an accountant. He managed the affairs of the master. Guess what? We are stewards managing the affairs of the master. And God said, it, 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 why should I give it to you if you are a poor manager? Why should I heal your body when you're going to be at Burger King and McDonald's every day and you're going to be killing the same organs you're asking me to heal? Somebody say a manager. Why should I get you out of debt when you don't even have a budget and you end up overspending? You will end up back there in three more years. Why should I do that? God said, once I give it to you, it is your responsibility to manage it. So once we pray for it, 
Once we prepare for it, once we execute it, it is incumbent upon us as children of God to manage it well. Here's the part that we have failed as a body of Christ. We have gotten you excited about the promises of God, but we as the body of Christ have failed to show you how to manage the promise. How to manage the thing that God said he's going to do. And so what end up happening, we'll end up getting these things from God and it end up eventually being a curse to us because we didn't know how to manage it. We asked for the manager. We asked for the department job. But then all of a sudden, we got to take anxiety medicine because the pressure was going on. And God said, if you, would, if you would just lean on me, if you would stay in that place of prayer, I would show you how to manage it all. You do know the ascent of Joseph from the pit to the palace was a management job. God showed him how to manage. And because God gave him the wisdom and the strategy, somebody say the strategy. This is a year God's going to give us strategy through prayer. You ain't gonna be, this strategy God's going to give you, you're not going to be able to watch somebody on YouTube and get it. God's going to give you divine strategy. God's going to give you new things that nobody else has ever thought of. And, and, and because, but it is only going to happen through the vehicle of prayer. Somebody say prayer. This is the last thing I want to show with you. And, and, and uh, here's the thing. God needs you to seize it this year. Hold hands with your neighbor. Somebody say, tell your neighbor, God has waited on you. He's been wanting to give this stuff to you a long time. He's been waiting to give this stuff to you a long time. But he's been waiting for you to be ready because God is a good businessman and he, he hates waste. And he, he's not going to waste it on people that are not ready for it. He's going to waste the good of his kingdom and let it fall to the ground. And here's the thing I want to, I want to share with you. Look at this. The world, this is the things that God told me to tell you. The world is waiting on the God-designed version of you to emerge. You're good. I like you. But you're not quite yet the God-designed version. And the world is waiting on the God-designed version of you. I didn't be, I don't, I'm not saying perfect, but I'm saying the one that is in tune with God and, and moving how he says move and acting like he says and making decisions like God tells him to do. Somebody say the God-designed version. The word of God says that the earth is groaning. The earth is in turmoil. The earth is in travail because it's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. That's the reason people are acting crazy out here in these streets. That's the reason people are trying to marry animals and, and all, all kind of crazy. Because they are waiting for the sons of God to show up. How many of you are a son of God? God is, the world is waiting for you to show up. The God-designed version of you. Not the, not the jacked up, or halfway committed, I pray, I got attitude problems. God, the world is waiting for the God-designed version for you to show up. People are going to say, there is something about you. 
There is something about you. I don't know what it is, but God told me, can you pray for me? I don't know. I don't even know you, lady. But God showed, showed me in you, showed you and me in, in, in your sleep. Anybody, anybody, anybody willing to do, anybody willing to pray for somebody in, in Publix or somewhere or in Walmart? When somebody comes to you say, look, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. I, God, I, I, got, I got all this money. I don't know what to do. God told me to go in business with you. See, see, the world is waiting for the manifestations of the Son of God to show up. So you got to seize your rightful place as a son and a daughter. It already belongs to you. You already seated with him in heavenly places. But God is saying you got to show up and you got to take your seat at the table. The, the, the next thing I want to share with you is your reason for being here is not valid until you manifest. You were created for a purpose. He told Jeremiah, I knew you in your mother's womb. I fashioned you and I shaped you for a specific purpose. And the validity of you being in the earth is not even valid yet until you manifest. God said he put seeds of greatness in everybody in this room. And God is not proven right until you manifest it. You don't need, let me, newsflash, you don't need something new. You don't need a prophet to, to, to prophesy in what God has put in you already. Cultivate what he put in you already. Everything that he put in you is enough to produce your seizure on this year. Amen? The last thing I want to share with you. God is depending on you to do your part to advance his kingdom. There is something that only you can do. Nobody else has your fingerprint. Nobody else has your eye signature. There will never be another you on this earth ever again. And the fact that you are here means something. And his kingdom can advance to the degree that it needs to if you don't step up and play your part. Can somebody just lift your hand? I know I told you to hold hands, but can you just lift your hands? And tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to play my part. Come on. Come on, talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. God, I'm going to play my part. I'm going to play my part. I'm going to do what only I can do, so you can do what only you can do. I'm going to play my part. I'm going to manifest on this year. I'm going to manifest. Manifest means to reveal yourself. Son, daughter of God, it's time for you to reveal yourself. Son and daughter of God, it's time for you to reveal yourself. It's time for you to, re it's time for you to come out of the shadows and it's time for you to reveal yourself. It's time for you to step out, out of obscurity and say, I am one of those followers of Jesus. I am one of those people. God has called me to do this. There was an anointing on me for this and I will not be ashamed. Whoever has a problem in it, they need to take it up with God. But this is what God has put me on this earth to do and I will not leave this earth until I squeeze every last bit of juice out of my purpose and my destiny and what God has put in my life to do. Nobody else can do it for you. You gotta walk out your own, work out your own soul salvation. 
you got to walk your own path. Mama can't do it for you. Daddy can't do it for you. Auntie can't do it over. Do it for you. There is only something that is assigned for your hands to do. It has your DNA on it, and some things aren't going to show up until you show up. Some things are not going to evolve until you evolve. Some things are not going to manifest until you manifest. God says, I need you to seize, seize your rightful place. Seize your sonship. Seize your, seize your, 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 your royal priesthood. I want you to seize it. And when you seize it, you take possession of it. Anything you take possession of, you, 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 you care for. There is a difference how you treat a car, a rental car, and how you treat your own. You don't change the oil in a rental car. You don't go, you, you don't go over the speed bump slow in a rental car. But you will take great care over something that you possess on your own. And God is telling you, over your future, you need to take accountability and you need to take possession. You need to seize the calling of which I have called you. You need to seize the anointing that I put in you. You need to seize the dream and the vision of that business. You need to stop waiting for somebody else to make it happen. God said I have put all things in you that pertain to life and godliness. This is your year to seize it. But, but before you seize it, you've got to seize you. You've got to seize your rightful place. You've got to see this is who I am. I'm running away from it no longer. I, I call it is what it is. And when you identify and you walk in the boldness, God said there is requisite grace and favor attached to when you take possession, when you take ownership of what I called you to do, when you start treating it like the precious thing that I put in you, that we hold this truth in our earthen vessel. And so I can't take it anywhere. And I can't, I can't cast my pearl before swine. And I can't share everything that's in my bosom with every Tom, Dick, and Harry. God said, when you take possession of it. When I know you were a good owner. When I know you have seized it. Then there is favor I'm going to show on you. The thing that used to be hard is going to become easy. Oh, yes, God, I hear you. The more you seize, the more I release. The more you seize, the more that I let go. Oh, God, I thank you. Oh, somebody worship him right now. Will the real you please come forward? Will the real son and daughter please step up? Will the real man of God please step up? Will the real woman of God please take your rightful place? Will the real son and the real daughter and the real minister and the real singer and the real business owner, will the real person please stand up and be accounted for? I need you to seize it. God said, it, it is so easy for me to do it will blow your mind how easy it's going to come when I know you have seized it. That means, God, I'm taking full ownership. Somebody lift your hand and say, God, I'm taking full ownership. It's nobody else's responsibility to make it happen but me and you, God. I take full ownership. I take full, I seize it. I arrest it. I apprehend it. It can't do anything unless I say it do. It's under my complete control. 
I accept the accountability for it. And when I seize it, all opposition melts like wax. I've already given you the land, but you got to possess it. The minute you step your foot on it, it is already given to you. You've got to make it reality by what you step into. Everybody lift your hands. God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. This space and time, God, where you have arrested our attention. That you have placed accountability on us. Knowing, God, that you desire to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. But it's according to the power that works inside of us. God, stir up the power that works inside of us. Stir up the passion that works inside of us. Stir up our pursuit to seize everything that belongs to us and to seize everything that opposes us. God, you have given us power above all the powers of the enemy. We can tread upon scorpions. We can drink deadly poison if it happens and it won't, and it won't harm us, God. You have given us power over all the powers of the enemy. Now, God, we vow that as you allowed us to see this new year, that we're going to seize our moments in prayer. Prayer will not be an incidental spasm, God, but it will be an intentional thing. Just like we bathe and like we eat, God, we will pray. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. It will become a regiment in our lives, God. And the more that we pray, the more you give direction. And the more you give direction, the more we execute. And the more we execute, the more you reveal yourself to us, God. We thank you. Now, God, we bind up fear. Can you hold hands with that neighbor now? Can you begin to pray, God, we bind up fear? We bind up fear that will make us think that we can't do it. You've already showed us in your word that there are giants in the land. That giant is a validation that that's the place of milk and honey. And God, we will not fear because you're with us. As you were with Moses, so says you be with us. As you were with Moses, so, so shall you be with us. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. In every adversity that we face, God, we thank you that you are with us. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're not only you beside us. God, you are in the bosom of our soul. You are with us. You are with us in the boardroom, God. You are with us in the doctor's office. You are with us in the courtroom, God. You are with us on the road and on the highways and byways. God, we thank you that in 2020, God, you are with us. because you are with us we shall not fear we shall not fear 
the Lord is the strength of my life of whom I shall be afraid of him but I won't be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flyeth by day he is with us God we thank you Lord that you open up the eyes of our understanding <laughs> open up the well of our hope God Yes, some people put a lid on their well of hope because hope deferred makes a heart sick, God. And people say, if I don't hope anymore, I can't be hurt anymore. But God, I thank you, Lord, that you are redigging the wells. Oh, God, I thank you that you are redigging the wells of hope again. Oh, yes, God, that we're going to write down that business plan one more time. We're going to blow the dust off that old vision, God. We're going to blow the dust off the thing that we say, you know what, God? It's okay if you don't do that. You've done so much. God said, don't let me off the hook if I promised it. Don't let God off the hook. If God promised you, he is faithful and able to bring it to pass. Stop lowering the bar. Yes, God. Yes, God, we will seize it this year. God, we pray for our neighbor's faith. Can you pray for about 30 seconds? God, we pray for our neighbor's faith, God, that it is true, that it is potent, that it is long-suffering, that it is full of grace, that it is not short on stamina, thank you Lord that we have endurance that not only that we have strong faith but we have deep faith not only we have deep faith but we have wide faith yes God for the mountain is high but it is your mountain may be steep and it may be guarded by hounds of hell but it doesn't distract from the fact that it's still your mountain <laughs> Joshua said I'm as strong now at 85 as I was when I was 45 I'm still able to fight I'm still able to climb I'm still able to tend to what God has told me and so as a result Joshua was saying, give me my mountain. I don't want it will to my children. I don't want it will to my neighbor. Give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. That mountain's assigned to me. And I might be late to the party, but I'm here. And it's my mountain. God said, you got to have a determination like Joshua. Despite my advanced age, despite what I don't have, despite being wrong, born on the wrong side of the tracks, despite and in spite of babies out of wedlock, in spite of all of those things that everybody counts you out, my response is, get me my mountain. I want, I'm here to possess what's mine. I'm here to claim what's mine. 
I don't care how crazy I look. It's mine. It's got my name on it. It was given to me in my mother's womb, and I won't be satisfied until I possess it, until I seize. What's mine? Come on, pray for that neighbor. Come on. You will seize it. You will seize it. You will become uncomfortable in a place of unseizure. Yes, God, disturb us until we get in the path. Disturb us, God. Give us permission to, we give you permission to make us uneasy. Until we step up to the plate. Yes, God. In Jesus. I want everybody to listen to me. Starting Monday. Somebody say Monday. We're starting a period of 21 days of fasting and prayer. It's going to be manageable. But the first step to seizing it is taking everything to God in prayer. And I want everybody in this place to join us. We're going to have conference calls every morning where we're going to pray together, together every Wednesday evening. At 6.30, we're going to gather together and we're going to pray collectively together. We're going to be studying God's word together. But I'm telling you, this 21 days of fasting is going to be, is going to set the course for your whole year. Who's going to join me? Who's going to join me? Come on, don't lie in church. You don't have to be a member here. We just, we just want the body to get in a posture to seize it. Not only are we going to do that, but there are some physical things. Like I said before, myself being a person of the clergy, we are good at, we are good at inspiring you, but then not giving you vehicles to exercise your faith in. And so on February the 1st, somebody say February the 1st. I know one of the things that people have been wanting to do in their lives is to possess some things. And so what we're going to do is going to be it's going to be very non-spiritual, but I just secured it today. We're going to have a full uh, about 3-hour day of a home of a home ownership uh, seminar and workshops all day. And so if you're interested in owning a home, tell somebody I'm going to seize it. If you if you're interested we're going to have people that's going to be able to show you how to do your credit repair to get everything in alignment. Even for people who already own homes and you want to uh, uh, improve uh, your, your home's value by improving. The, the, we're going to have people that's going to show you how to do that. We'll be letting you know. But this is our first step. The month, the month of January, we're going to be seizing it through prayer. And then we're going to be physically walking out some things. We're not just going to be a church that inspires you and don't give you an opportunity to, to, to exercise your faith. 
So if anybody want to learn how to manage your money, anybody want to learn how to, how to get a home and how to qualify, we're going to have lenders here. God has given us favor with people at, at BB&T with a branch manager on New Walker Town Road. They're going to be here. We're going to have realtors here. We're going to have people here. And I'm telling you, if that, if anybody, is that something you, you want to accomplish in this year? Amen. Amen. I want you to be here and I want you to tell everybody it's going to be February 1st. We're going to be letting you know. And then later on in the year, anybody, any entrepreneurs in this room? We're going to have a master class day simply with people who are entrepreneurial. We're going to get people from Better Business Bureau and people from, uh, from Venture Cafe. I want you, I don't, you don't even know, but in Winston-Salem, Winston-Salem is the third best place in the country for people to start businesses. With Charlotte and Austin, Texas, Winston-Salem is the third best place in the country. I ain't talking about in the region, in the country. There are resources in this town that we're going to get together because God's people are going to go from the back to the front. It's time, it's time out for the, for the people in the world to be making deals in the back of smoky rooms, and we're going to put God's people in the place. Can somebody put your hands together for that? That don't sound very spiritual, but neither was Joshua, I need you to fight these, these enemies. That wasn't very spiritual. Sometimes we got to walk some physical things out for the spiritual thing to manifest. And so we're not going to be waiting and looking up at the sky for Jesus to come. We're going to occupy and do business in the earth, and we're going to create opportunities for God to perform miracles. Amen? Amen? Can you put your hands together if this is going to be your season yet? I want you to hug somebody and tell them, Happy New Year. Come on, come on, hug them. Tell them, Happy New Year. Tell them, we made it. We made it. Tell somebody, I'm going to seize it this year. I'm going to seize it this year. Y'all going to get tired of me. I'm going to get on you. I'm going y'all going to hear me in y'all sleep. Tell me about seize it. Seize it. Seize it. Seize it. Seize it. Anybody say anybody say I'm going to seize it this year? Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us and remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.